Good morning, coffee moaners. How are you? Stop it. This is all because I was just over on Instagram talking about our podcast that went up yesterday, which thank you, a lot of you have really enjoyed and sent us lovely messages. And because I was talking about orgasms on Instagram, he's now, well, stand up to show them what you're doing. He's now going nuts. <laughs> but I was just saying on Instagram, I fell into a wormhole of our own content yesterday. A wormhole? A wormhole. And as you know, I do not watch our content because I find it too cringe. But... um. I did watch our podcast. I was only going to watch five That'll minutes. be why you don't realise I'm a comic genius. Yeah, you are a comic genius. I live with you, darling. But anyway, I was only going to watch five minutes and ended up watching nearly all of it. And then I realised it was midnight and I needed to go to bed. But honestly, it, oh, what is going on in my head? It's, it's, it, it's it, bad today. I haven't it, done anything with it. It's one of those, in, I know what you mean there, Nancy. It's one of those inadvertent moments where you stumble across it. And not because it's, you, you're kind of, it's like watching a very slow car crash of yourself. It's like, oh, honestly, like I was just saying on Instagram, I was like, I was watching it. I was thinking, you aren't actually smile off the telly, you know. <laughs> and you're just thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I realise now what it must be like for other people when they're with us. The way we talk to each other, it's really weird. Do you think we're like that when we're with other people? I think so. We just don't have a sort of frame around our head, do we? We don't have yeah. a rectangle around our head. We got the most fantastic comment yesterday. Honestly, I can't tell you how happy this comment made me. Just tell them about the comment. Which one? Oh, so it, was, it was from um, a therapist. Oh, yes. And yes, I think she I sent said, it to you, didn't I? She said, um, oh, here we go. Another, uh, oops, she said something like another fantastic episode. My goodness, as always, these podcasts are like a public service. As a therapist, I encourage clients to watch your authentic, funny, and informative podcasts. They're so human. Amazing guidance. I like that. That's the Thank bit I love. Thank you both. I love that. Thank you. Who said that? I really, really love that because, Jilly you know. Grace Nicholson, 824. I know Thank some you. people in showbiz um, who who don't really understand this world, the social media world, think, oh, God, you know, why would you talk about any of that? But we do talk about it because, A, it's fun to just, like, you know, make yourself sit down and have a conversation. I think it saved our marriage, actually. Oh, I think it did too. Because Because when we started our podcast, we were in a real place of no communication. And mm. there's something about being forced to sit down and just talk to each other about a topic. And, and at the beginning, I really didn't like them. I was really uncomfortable. It was really weird. But now they've just become so much part of our they've life. They've helped me feel more comfortable talking about stuff. Hi, Reese. Hi, Lee. And, and what we love is that loads of young people... Um, listen to it because for marriage guides which is funny because it makes us laugh because well, maybe we just think we're so rubbish at marriage maybe they're viewing it in order to you know take evasive action to avoid exactly mm. where we're at but anyway if you fancy a giggle today i have to say it was it did make me laugh because i thought what a couple of total idiots it's very funny very it's very funny. funny um <laughs> so funny it's the way but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do go. Um, I think Nadia's going to be posting another story if you if you want to go and check it out. Um, so, uh, any sort of um, uh, order of business today? Um, well, I think we should. I think we should get straight in with Prince yeah. Charles. Well, yeah. In terms of stories, but in terms of other content and what have you, just 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 for those of you uh, who know, um, we are going to be doing a members live soon. There will be an opportunity to win cards, um, and. Um, uh, it's a live No Name Sunday show uh, this this coming weekend, this Sunday. I'm hoping 
Uh, actually, Nanny Dye will be here for that one because um, uh, she has a book. Um, and, and I'll be doing the body image live tonight. Tonight. Yeah. Brilliant. I had the most terrible headache yesterday. Mm. I just couldn't do it. So tonight I'll be doing that. <laughs> Is it because you had too many orgasms? <laughs> Mark. Then, um, <laughs> then um, also I'm going to be doing a little live on Instagram with Dina and Rahil about the cook-along on Saturday. So if you've got any... Is that today? Wanna, yeah, Good. on Instagram. So if you've got any, like, questions or you want to know a bit more about the event, thank you. So many of you have bought tickets now from here. Lots of you have messaged me. And, again, we are so grateful. Hi, Dina's here. Hi, Dina. We're so, Hi, Dina. so grateful. And um, She'll be here for long when she has the word orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> and, again, we're going to put the link under yeah. here if you want to join. You can join right up until the day. Um, you know, yet this just this morning there were more videos out of groups of Israelis um, stopping the latest humanitarian aid getting into the starving Palestinians, literally forcibly disallowing the food in, the food that, you know, desperately the children, pregnant moms, everybody in their needs so desperately. They're, they're literally starving to death in there. So by 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 joining this evening, which will be an evening of celebration, it won't be a miserable evening. And that's Saturday and, evening. Yeah, that's Saturday evening. And um, donating, you'll be doing some great things. So other bits and bobs. There won't be a, a Curly Cooks on Saturday. There will be a Coffee Moaning Papers. Um, there, um, and, Because we're doing the cook-along. And no Tez, cook you're absolutely right. And for movie fans, of whom there are just thousands of you, um, it is Super Bowl Sunday, which is a massive evening. I will be up late on Sunday evening because some of the biggest trailers for some of the biggest films are going to be dropped in the commercial breaks in the Super Bowl. I had a really nice flashback, Tez, thanks for reminding me, um, of watching Super Bowl when I was at university. It was how we watched it. I don't know. We must have had some kind of smashed up telly that was kind of... Maybe I should do some Super Bowl food on the the No Name Sunday show. Maybe I should get a Super Bowl. Maybe I should get an American football hat. That'd be great. Oh, Dina's going to be upset now. She loves the theme. Oh, but she doesn't doesn't like America at the moment. (laughs) Not not for any Americans. Not Americans. Not Americans. Biden. It's it's Biden. Uh, On that note, let's just, before we do, what are we going to talk about? Someone just said... Charles boring. I think that's a bit harsh. No, um, but it's not Charles. It's about. No, we're gonna, it's about. <laughs> it's more about um, cancer, cancer and treatments and alternatives. Absolutely, we're going to talk about cancer treatment and alternatives, and uh, really speaking to something that MeTube you you flagged up um, yesterday actually, yeah. which was something that when we saw this article reminded us. We're also going to end with some really sweet, lovely photos and thought-provoking photos and mindful photos, both astronomical. Let's continue the analogy of the female orgasm being a trip into space. I've got some photos to bang that really home. Sorry. Um, and some really Dina, sweet... I need you here to re- shut him re- up. I need, really need some, and some really sweet photos at the end. Um, but before we get... No, no, in fact, I'll hold back. I want to hold back. I've got a clip of Biden, which we'll do right at the end. So let's talk about Prince Charles... Uh, or King Charles, sorry, God, I keep calling him Prince Charles, uh, and his cancer diagnosis. And we, and this is an, our Stacey Randall has just gone and gifted 10 of you membership. So 10 of you are going to, if I wasn't on StreamYard, I'd match it. Like Piers Morgan and Rishi Sunak did in the most insensitive boy zone bet I've Stop ever it. seen. Stacey, that's incredibly You're sweet too of you. Too generous incredibly of you. Fine. Look, Dean has now tech tech writes the word Mark in the way that you say it. This <laughs> get ridiculous. We must get a T-shirt with Mark. Oh, for look, for look, people guys. that are on podcasts, this is my sister Dina who's messaging in. Look at that. Yay. Not lovely. Um, okay, 
So, so Charles, now, what I think is interesting about this is, obviously, we don't know the cancer that he's got. We don't know where he's at in his treatment. We don't know how severe it is. We don't know how serious it is. They haven't made a statement. Um, it's uh, the, the palace have gone into opaque mode uh, when it comes to the news. Um, as in, I love that word opaque. It's kind of shrouded and sort of misty and milky-eyed and unclear. Um, and I think it could talk to, as you say, Mitchell, could it be that actually Prince Charles, in whatever treatment he elects to have uh, for whatever cancer he has at whatever stage he's at, could it be something that really, really rubs up the establishment, the health establishment, in the wrong way? Yeah. Over to you, Nads. Well, you know, we were talking the other day about how he, um, <clears throat> he and the royal family have um, have been supporters of, of homeopathy, haven't they? For years. It's the Royal Homeopathic Hospital by royal appointment. Mm. I don't know if it still is, but it was for a long time. And it was they've at the always, end of my road, wasn't it, in Bristol? Yeah, and they've always been very interested in complementary medicines. Now, listen to the use of that word, complementary. It doesn't have to be alternative, but... Um, remedies that can complement, you know, traditional medicine or, or 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 whatever way you want to see that, and um, and he has been um, vo very vocal about alternative and complementary medicines, but not. I didn't realise how much he had been actually. No, no, the, and because that's, that's here it says, this, and it did it? make us think of you, MeTube, and we thought maybe he has ch chosen an alternative mm. route, which is everybody's right. So um, apparently he has made hundreds of speeches expounding on uh, ideas of new age style remedies. Um, uh, in addition to being a patron of well-established cancer research organizations, Charles founded a charity promoting alternative medicine. And there you go, you see, you can be interested in both. And I think that that's a really important thing. You know, we are told only one way. See you, Stacey. But Thank you. why can't people look into, and, you know, and we're not talking about somebody, you know, down the road is suddenly, you know, class themselves an expert. He will, you know, you have but, to. But, but in, in, in the sort of, this is a piece in the Washington Post, as you say, which kind of charts his kind of, how he's been treated by the press and the mainstream, if you like, over the years. I find that really insane. There's a moment where someone said he's, it's like he's selling snake oil. Yes, it's and so that, rude. That phrase is both, it's two things for me, that snake oil comment, which you often hear. Now, look, and, and I'm coming from a position where I'm far more conventional, far more mainstream. Me and Nanny die right down the middle. Take your paracetamol, take your ibuprofen, get addicted not to, true to, to not. No, no, I'm joking. Hang on. I'm oh. getting there. This is the beginning of a. Uh, and, and so, you know, and, and I, when I met Nadia, I would have laughed in your face, said homeopathy, what a load of old nonsense. Um, and on which note, can you tell me, what do you all think of homeopathy? Um, but I think the part of it all that I was really drawn to um, by you, by our dear friend Rachel, by Dina, and I think this is what he talks to a lot, is how can you in any way pretend that the physicality of your body bears no relationship to everything else in you? Do you know what I mean? The, the holistic. holistic sense of What does of holistic yourself? mean? It means yeah. the whole body. The whole body. The and mind, the body, and the spirit. And this is something that he very much believes I, I in. I want to just give you one yeah. astonishing element of physical proof of how you know because it's all very subjective isn't it well i feel this or i feel that you're never going to know if i'm really feeling that all that kind of stuff one thing i can tell you for a fact that homeopathy helped with was my eczema 
I, when I met you and when I was with you, smoking wasn't a, was also a part of that. But over the years, and because I haven't, I haven't signed up for long enough to a huge dietary change for it to be just diet. Homeopathy, I know, was used massively for my facial eczema. And Cut my hands. Yeah, your hands. You, I mean, you had melting hands <laughs> one, one year. It was so bad. I mean, doctors were telling us she could never possibly use her hands again. It was like you'd been burnt. No, you it have... said I would always have to have them dressed, yeah. not that I would meant to use well, them. No, but I mean, it was profound and it was odd. And I remember thinking I've married, a, I thought I'd married a, a, an action figure because you were melting. <laughs> It was, I was thinking, I've never it was seen. was so awful. It was like she's literally melting, like that character from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and, and just on that, so this and, is. But hang on, but after years of treatment, it's gone. For you. For and me. it wasn't years, it was like a couple of sessions, but it was just the difference of when I went to the doctor, the doctor saying, oh, yes, that's da 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 da. And what you'll have to do is have your hands dressed every every week, and then da da da. And then that was it. But with my homeopath, it was hours of talking, hours of what was going on and what, where was I? I'd had, had Kiki Maddie a mm. few months before because it, it was right up to her first birthday, wasn't it? And a lot of talking, a really lot of talking. And then she finally hit on what was the thing that I was suppressing so deeply mm. and not talking about and um, was so fearful of. And actually, I had never said it out loud before what it was. And it was such a breakthrough. And then she gave me this particular remedy for extreme. I never say the names because I never want people to go and take remedies. You have to see a proper practitioner. But it was like, it was almost biblical, wasn't it? Mm. The way my hands started to close up. So um, we are great believers in you cannot separate the mind from the body, right? Nowadays, when somebody is diagnosed with cancer, they do ask, some of my friends have said this to me, have you had any recent traumas? Have you had any? Now, that never used to happen. They never made that connection, mm. did they? Mm. Whereas in homeopathy, for example, there is always, you never are just treated for what's going on physically. It's what's going on emotionally and what kind of stress you're mm. living with everything. So he is a proponent. Is that the right word? Yeah, an advocate. Of this way of, an advocate, advocate of this way of thinking. I didn't realise that he has long pushed the medical establishment to offer integrated healthcare, which I suppose I should have known that because of the Royal Homeopathic Hospital. Yeah. So I know my friend Hannah, who <clears throat> you all know, uh, many of you know, who is now desperate, desperate for some. I'm uh, popping comments up on the a screen. Particular as cancer treatment. She's got stage four. If you're if you're here, Hannah, I love you. Uh, she's she's desperately waiting for this treatment that mm. is available, but everybody's having a row about how much it's going to cost. So women are sitting in a state of terror while, whilst possibly the cancer is progressing. Mm. Um, I know that she has had integrated care from the Marsden with the with the homeopathic hospital at some point. And I wonder if that was something to do with his campaigning. Yeah. Um, and um, <clears throat> he also he supports complementary therapies such as acupuncture, aromatherapy, aromatherapy, reflexology, and massage, all of which my sister, Dina, if she is here, uses. Mm. Uh, treating the whole patient is now a mainstream idea in modern cancer care, which has always been in alternative and complementary. It's the whole person mm. that you treat. Um, and I think that that's great, that move on. I mean, I know, you know, the Marsden, which is a place... Brilliant of, comments, of, guys. Of, Some really, really of, interesting of, comments. Of, absolute excellence. You know, I know that Hannah's told me she's been offered 
you know, acupuncture, aromatherapy has been offered all mm. these things. So I'm really excited for a community, which is the alternative and complementary medicine community. I'm not talking about charlatans, right? I'm talking about a community that that is, is deeply caring and does great work and helps all manner of people with all, all different kinds of problems. If they got just a little bit of um, respect given to them by by uh, lots lots in the med- medical world do, but but more so if he was even more vocal. If he were to be using complimentary, I mean, I can't believe. If there's all of this, and he's done this over all these years and made hundreds of speeches that he's not going to be having. And the other thing is, <clears throat> all the palace has said is... There's just one thing I wanted to ...that also. he is being treated by... Where is it? He's receiving treatment from an expert... Oh, I can't remember. It's not here. But basically, it doesn't say what treatment. It just says an expert medical centre or something mm, like that. Mm, so mm. I think you were right, YouTube, MeTube. Yeah. I just I want to, I just want to say, uh, Anne Illing, I think it was, just said then, he's been much maligned, Charles, over the years. Interestingly, that's what we talked about. I don't yeah. know if you saw yesterday's Coffee Morning. I was talking about the fact of explaining to one of my children why I actually had a sort of, I felt sort of more emotional about hearing about King Charles than, than anyone else. Because I do feel he's been bullied. I feel he's been marginalised. I feel that... You know, what can you hope for from anyone in a position like his that's extraordinarily privileged, extreme, odd, uh, you know, outside the norm? It's that, yes, we can all talk about he's going to the... Uh, he, he, Of course he's going to get treatment that no one else can get, and it should be that everyone gets the same treatment. That, that's, a, that's a given. We just don't but what, what's the best we could expect from someone in his position? That perhaps he has the ability... By, uh, by example, of challenging the status quo. And I think he has around things like the environment. And it was interesting that when he was promoting something called the Gerson, is it called the Gerson um, procedure or something? I've got it here. He caused a real stir. And this is when he was sort of accused of being a sort of uh, snake oil peddler. Um, he was marginalized as a tree hugger. And I do think, you know, a lot now, look, I don't want to open the can of worms of vaccination or not vaccination and all of that, because for for some reason, you know, that's still something that all social media platforms want to sort of close down. You're marginalized as an absolute lunatic if you, if you ask questions. any questions. And I think, you know, everything that's being sort of revealed to us about the way the mainstream media has worked around the Israel-Gaza war tells you that we need to kind of almost go go back and do an inventory on every other major news story we've mm-hmm. ever been fed to us and and ask questions. I'm not suggesting for a minute that what we're going to discover is that Putin is a, is a, is a sort of, you know, I don't know, Buddhist nice or a nice guy. But, but you know, the idea, the idea um, that, you know, that anything that challenges the mainstream norm... Now, let's not beat around the bush here. What makes... Most of what is mainstream and is conventional is all about propping up an economic system that no one wants to fail. And there is an economic aspect to it. Look at all of the profit margins of, of companies like Pfizer during the during the pandemic and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, there, there's a vested interest in the state not being interested in this because it marginalizes and puts at risk. Not only I'm gonna I'm gonna say something potentially contentious which is I think there's big business, unfortunately, in cancer. And I think one, I think it would be really important for anyone and for more discussions to be had about where the priorities lay and what's actually the best options for all 
patients, rather than finding an economically viable one fix for everyone, um, I think it would be much better to have a sort of dialogue. I mean, imagine if you we could find so many complementary... don't we, in Europe? But we imagine do. if you could find so many complementary methods that work for so many people that takes the pressure off the more conventional methods that more people either need yeah. or want. Well, I found now what you, it was that you were talking about. So in 2004, Charles created Stir when he publicly endorsed the idea that cancer patients be treated with daily coffee enemas, vitamin injections and 13 fruit juices. So he was right out there. The treatment known as Gerson therapy is named after this German doctor, da, da, da. Uh, cancer Research UK said there is no scientific evidence to use it as a treatment for cancer. Um, and with respect your highness, you've got it wrong. This is Michael Bauer, prominent oncologist. He said, I do beg you to exercise your power with extreme caution when advising patients with life-threatening diseases to embrace unproven therapies. And I agree, you can't, you couldn't do that. You mustn't do that. You can't say, oh, don't have your cancer treatment and go and have juices and coffee enemas. That's extremely dangerous. Yeah. But I wonder if he did. I wonder if he said these alongside as a complimentary, I wonder if he did actually say, don't have your, I, I doubt it. Yeah, but, Highly doubt You know what, I would that. turn around, if I was Charlesy boy, I'd say, oi matey flip, calling me snake oil peddler. I, I'm not Mr. Stockholm Syndrome, fucking pants. Go fuck yourself. That's what I'd say, you know and it probably wouldn't be given much time, but I, I do get rather sick to death of really kind of hoity-toity um, conventional people more and more saying, just because this is the conventional way of doing things, it's the only way of doing things. As an, I think as to a, have discussions yeah, is a really but, important thing. But obviously, oncologists have to come out and say course, what they believe in. Of course. Because but, these are people's lives. And they would feel a state of panic, I suppose, that somebody might stop their treatment. No one is suggesting stop. for a minute that what the, the system that's in place isn't the right one. And, and that every single oncologist or everyone who's is committed their lives... Against is going to against it. Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. What I'm saying is, is that where I get frustrated is not at what there is. I mm. think what there is... I do think some interrogation could be made as to how the system works, but yeah. I think that's a broader conversation about big pharma and the, and the financial incentives, as a number of you are agreeing here, that, that pervade around ill health. There's money to be made in ill health. As soon as you have a business model which demands people to be ill, you have a very curious kind of motivator to earn money. It's really odd. And how none of us can... Well, it's a huge business. Well, we know, know that. But, but we're it's all kind of surprised business, when someone... So to challenge it and to look at kind of what... And the thing that I'm really grateful for in terms of you and Dina and Rachel and everyone is really understanding what the term complementary means. It's, you know, there is something to be had in everything. And I think there should not be this uh, marginalization or marginalizing or castigating of anyone who challenges it to the point of being absolutely sort of destroyed. In, in the public in the public sphere. I mean, numerous people, if you challenge any of this, you become so marginalised that it's, wow. You know, on the most base-based level, many of you here know Professor, Professor Tim Spector. You know, he's the guy behind the Zoe app. But he's also, um, <clears throat> he, he's also, I mean, years ago when I was doing the hospital programme, we quite often used to interview him because he's the one that runs the twin... Uh, centre at Guy's Hospital, mm. where mm. so much research has been done across everything. I mean, he's a very, very, very smart guy and has produced thousands of research papers and all sorts of things. But for him, at his stage of his career, to turn around and say, do you know what? We were taught nothing about nutrition and the power of it on the body as mm. doctors. And he's very, very conventional. He's proper, proper, prof, proper, proper doc, you know. And he's turned around and gone, oh, my God, 
We know nothing. Mm. We were taught nothing about the power of food and its connection to inflammation and disease. So if you just take that simple thing. Now, nobody can talk, nobody can say that thinking about nutrition is is like too crazy or out there or too, too alternative. But many doctors don't don't make a connection at all between it and, and disease. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, I've heard that from my friends who have cancer. You know, I mean, Hannah is very, very, you know, very good with her good. I don't want to say good because I don't believe in good and bad, but she she really believes in the power of her the food and what food she eats. But she doesn't really get anything back from the doctors on mm, that. Mm. And I think that is crazy. Mm. And like when you're having chemotherapy, well, for her anyway, for Hannah, she's not supposed to take any vitamins. She can't do any of the stuff that you would not that you would normally just add in. Isn't that mm. amazing? Mm. No, don't I you think agree. that's so weird? Totally. There's almost a fear of even vitamins. But I think conversation is always really good. To look at other ideas, to think about other ideas is surely always I also, a good thing. Rachel mentions the placebo effect. I think the placebo effect is an interesting thing philosophically because it's like I don't care. If you feel better. Precisely, I, I don't give a flying monkey's and dollar. And somebody gives me a bloody pill. And it makes the placebo. And it goes. Effect. And I didn't have to take anything. I'm over the moon. But, I just want to flag up there. But, but, but also the placebo effect isn't. People get think that homeopathy is only the placebo exactly. effect. It's not. No. Sometimes you might be given mm. a placebo tablet. And also, just to, just to clarify, I mean, again, I'm you know I'm not an expert, Dina and, and Nadia, much more on this. But, you know, what what I was my eyes were opened up to the fact that true homeopathy, not the packets necessarily that you buy over the counter, which are kind of like I guess that's the paracetamol the paracetamol mean, panadol yeah. end of of homeopathy. What what's fascinated me is the detective work that homeopaths do. It's like a it's like a shrink for the soul. It is a detective. It's a shrink for the soul and a shrink for the holistic kind of body. And they do and it is detective work. But I do want to flag up just <clears> there. Erin, can I just yeah. really Erin, scientists have been busting their asses for decades trying to prevent and cure cancer. Of course they have. Most of it is done by charities, so profit is not the driving factor for developing treatments. Well I, I, well actually sure when Holly. when we were when we were at the um, Marsden and um uh, Hannah was told that she now wasn't going to get this treatment that Ooh, was so hopeful. Um, <clears throat> what what the um, oncologist said to us was what you said. What you've got to understand is these drug companies spend an absolute fortune researching into like let's say they get they do twenty different treatments they're looking into. And it's because they want that golden, they want that golden ticket, right? So then they get one, like this one, which is a game-changing drug, and her too. And they have got to make vast amounts of money from that to cover the cost of all the other ones. So there is big money involved. There, 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 there really is. Obviously, the individual scientists that are looking mm, for that, mm. obviously, you know, they're driven. And of mm. course, it's like, it must be almost like a calling. But to the companies that employ them, mm. they are business people. And I think it's a really important distinction that, Erin. I think you're right. I think obviously, you know, if you get into the business of trying to cure cancer, your your intention is pure. Yeah. Purely. What where the whole and this is where our system, this is where the economic system of capitalism kicks in, is that where that that intention, which is a great intention, a pure intention, an ethical intention, which may be 
okay, maybe you're more restricted on what you think could work and you're a bit of a naysayer on that, but still your commitment is to cure, absolutely. It's the way in which the system then harnesses that expertise and then turns it into a money-making venture. And it, I think this, is, this speaks to a little bit of what Paul Hanna's going through, where you can, you can see the te technologies there or the, the treatment is potentially there or the cure is there, but there's literally a paywall. And, when, and as soon as there's a paywall, <clears throat> I'm sorry, if you are related to or friends with anyone who's got a life-threatening illness, you're suddenly thinking this entire... Uh, enterprise is geared towards money, not towards actually making people well. Well, it is because there's a thousand women with secondary breast cancer that are progressing all the time, mm -hmm. where the other lines of treatment have run out. So it's Batman. Um, somebody said that that's quite interesting. That said, um, no, that the yes, that the district nurse, your husband had bladder cancer, and um, you are of the belief that like sugar and carbohydrates and all these things feed cancer, and she told him to. To, to fill up on all the naughty stuff. Yes, well, I mean, there are some that believe that sugar is a feeder of cancer, aren't there? And there are some that don't. So it's just like there's a really, like, falls into two. Like, so two of my cancer friends are like, oh, God, no bollocks, just eat sugar. And then another two are like, well, it's like no, alcohol. no, I won't touch it. It's like it. alcohol, isn't yeah. it? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, there's loads of different, yeah. But then there's also, there's also so many, just fine. Just quickly say something about yeah, homeopathy. Sorry. Just if anybody is thinking of looking for homeopath, please only go to the register of registered homeopaths. You can go to the Royal Homeopathic Hospital, Royal, Royal Homeopathic Society, and find one that way. Don't just find a local one that's down the road and up a bit and over the top of the hairdressers. You need to get somebody with, and as Dina always advised, find someone that has got 20 years' experience. Wow. No less. Yeah. yeah. Um, and on that final note, I've, I've always just wishing to just flag up just sometimes how I think there's a bit of a kind of oddness between what, what looks after you and what doesn't. I, does anyone else get worried when they're, they're taking an x-ray of your tooth and everyone leaves the building and you're thinking... Well, imagine when you've got uh, cancer and they come in, they come in, right? Absolutely. Like some cancers, Hannah's told me, and they come in and they're wearing like fucking gear. Thinking, well, what the hell are and you doing? And another friend of ours... Her dad had to take a chemo, didn't he? And he had to put gloves on before yeah. he swallowed. The other, the other thing to remember as well is a lot of this snake, guys... snake oil therapy as well. If you go into the origins of nearly all conventional medicine, pretty much nearly most of all uh, other than genetically modified, you know, but all medicine harkens back to natural source, sources, eventually, whether it be opiate-based, whether it be, you know, uh, penicillin-based, you know, if everything, if we can accept it there, I don't understand why there is such a kickback resistance to it in any other capacity too. And I think the idea that someone is involved in your physical well-being and health, and they have a, they have an interest and a recognition of the fact that your mental and emotional state informs that, I mean, you know, anyone with, with more often than not, things like eczema and asthma, you very much sit alongside people who are struggling with stress and anxiety. You know, it's not a surprise some of the, some of the conditions that people have when you think of how they're feeling. And so this idea that it's somehow kind of noncy, tree-hugging, idiot kind of, you know, snake oil, it really frustrates me. And I'm someone who came from a totally non-homeopathic background, I, you know, and I've seen it. Well, it's not just it. homeopathy, all of it. You no, know, no, no, it's ancient no, no, medicine, yeah. reflexology, aromatherapy. But, you know, we are in no way advising, recommending in any way. We're just, like, sharing our own experience. And, mm. and the thought that why can't we have a wider conversation and that maybe this is why King Charles is going to keep quiet because he doesn't want 
anyone well, to look at his treatment, to look at his treatment, whatever he has. I mean, I highly suspect he'll but be it, having full, he'll be having full. I, I think he'll be having complementary medicine with conventional. But could you imagine the absolute sort of the to do that would occur if he came out and said he was having a whole yeah. host of alternate? Well, he won't. Well, no, but I mean, again, me too. But I mean, he literally won't because people could stop this up. because people could stop having their treatment and go and have stuff, and then it could be tragic. Exactly, that's my yeah. point. That's why it would be a huge. Mm. LT, I've spent thousands on holistic therapies, and I can tell you there are many snake oils. There really there. are. Avoid the ones that charge the most, and it's really important. Exactly, the ones that charge the most, the ones that haven't got uh, you know experience. You have to get them from a registered, whether that's acupuncture. Mm. Um, you know, my mum has had amazing results with her acupuncture she's had all sorts of things going on with her eye and her balance and everything incredible this is an ancient ancient medicine over thousands of years i think we can give a little respect to the idea of it losby has said could you do a chat on your experience of using homeopathy i think it would be an interesting chat because again it wouldn't be talking about it as an as an alternative to it's mm. a complimentary um just just briefly just move on because we're running out of time um prince harry was here for half an hour some say he met with his dad for 45 minutes much is being made of this photographs of his dad looking happy helicopter landing at, at, at buckingham palace People who, I don't know who, Dorman maybe, saying it was very warm, it was very convivial. No communication between Prince William and Prince Harry. And I'm seeing or sensing somewhere uh, that perhaps Harry is already on his way back. Um, so, again, there'll really? be loads of speculation on this. Um, and, you know, whether it's a sort of reproachment or whatever, you know, anyway. Um, just quickly, just in the title as well, I've got this story, which I just thought was shocking. This is a story about teen mental, the mental health of young people. And the reason I wanted to flag this up was I want to connect it to another thing I was listening to on, on the radio uh, earlier in the week. So this is the story in The Telegraph. A couple of other papers are running it too. The number of suicidal children sent to mental health units has surged by 50% post-COVID. When you see a headline which says 50%, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because sometimes it can be something like 250, which, of course, 50% of that would be 120 people, which, okay, is, you know, too many. So I, what then drew me into this story even more was that when I looked at the numbers, I was horrified, absolutely horrified. Uh, 32,500 children aged under 18. 32,500 were sent to NHS hubs called Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services just in 2022 to 23. 53% higher than three years earlier, obviously prior to the pandemic. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about how, you know, young mental health, child mental, children's mental health is suffering. I just wanted to say right now, I think idiots and assholes who in the, in the mainstream media talk about snowflakes all the time, are compounding this problem. We have a generation that's come through that went through something none of the rest of us have had to go through unless you're extraordinarily old and, and just clipped the end of World War II. They went through the oddest experience where so, what I don't yeah. think people really realise or understand is most of us adults who went through the pandemic had kind of lived the vast majority of our lives or were halfway through or whatever, had had enough life experience. I don't think any allowance has been made for an entire generation that potentially, for huge numbers of them, entertained the thought of not knowing what the future could be mm. at all. Not even like you could win or lose a war. This is something that could wipe us all out. Then you have to add on to that the fact that we have an incredibly plugged in young generation that sees, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that you don't make these dramas, but they see kind of, you know, 
uh, dystopian futures and all this kind of stuff. And we were presented with something that for us as adults, who we were like, oh, my God, what is this? What are we going through? And I heard on the radio the other day that uh, I think the Office for National Statistics said it's going to take something like 40 years for our economy to fully recover from the lockdown. And I turned to, I turned to whoever I was with and I said, and we look at our children and wonder why they're struggling because they haven't caught up with just two years of learning. What that doesn't understand is that for most young adults, this isn't about being able to go back and go through all the work that you missed at school. We are not at all embracing or accepting the fact that an entire generation of youngsters thought it was the end. Yeah, and they're supposed and to that, just recover. Yeah, and that goes deep into mm. motivation, When you think about how optimism. malleable the brain is, you know, that they're still developing that frontal lobe up until Precisely. 25, and we just expect them and all, to and be that, totally over it now. And it was a trauma. It was a global trauma. Yeah, and everyone sort of who ha- who lacks a heart says, oh, yeah, but you can still take your A-levels. You can still... It's hang on, the that's not the point. It's what's about. I mean, I was talking to a it's therapist. not the I ultimate. I was to a therapist the other it's day. It's not the only thing. No, existentially, I don't think... And, and this isn't about youngsters even knowing this is what's affecting them. But looking at the numbers that are coming through, I think we have to start to understand that at the most crucially developmental point in mm. 6 to 16 to 18 to 21-year-olds to 25-year-olds... They were effectively told for a considerable amount of time there, there may be no future. You might lose everyone in your family. Everything could die. I mean, that's where it was and at. Then, and then running alongside that now at the moment with everything that's going on in the world, you know, the planet, yeah. Russia, Gaza, everything, it's not surprising. Plus the massive increase in spliff smoking, it's not surprising there's a bloody mental health crisis. And you know what scares me? What you just said there about the number of people that are taken in. It's a staggering right? Somebody I know whose child was in the most dire mental mm. health state, there was nothing that they could offer available to that child. Now, if you think how much worse were the other people that did get offered something then? Absolutely. And, and these are the official numbers. Which, as we all know, the vast majority, we know so many of you on the lives during, so many people we know and you guys have said to us, we haven't even tried because the waiting list is so long. Yeah. That one, even, that waiting one, list is closed. That's not even area. a referral yet. You're, you're trying to get onto a list mm. to get a referral. But what's really interesting is even in this analysis, this report, children's rights organization told the COVID inquiry that social distancing and the closure of schools and playgrounds had long lasting and era defining impacts. Okay. Yes, literally. But even that doesn't embrace what I think is the profound issue here, that no one has the heart, the compassion, the empathy, or the depth to understand, which is an entire generation had hope absolutely removed. for such And a they were told to stay in, shut up, be quiet, and wait. You don't just switch that back on like you do no. picking up the sort of English syllabus and going, right, let's pick up with Lord of the Flies again. Okay, algebraic kind of whatever. You know, it doesn't work like that. And we wonder why. But, and I, but I think the other dangerous thing is, is that children and young people don't even know to articulate Precisely. That because precisely. there's been such, um, it, it's been, we've all been so gaslit to just shut up and forget about any of it. You know, don't talk about the vaccine, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. Good point, that, that That they wouldn't even know to articulate that that's still in them, that like exactly. trauma from it. Exactly. And, um, you know, 
the other sad thing is that so many people think, you know, people might be on a waiting list and think, God, once I'm with that counsellor, then everything's going to be made better. Mm. But it's not necessarily mm. because there's a lot of really bad counsellors. So I think, mm. you know, it takes a village. It's like as a community, as whatever your community is, whether, whether that's just your family, even if you're a single parent, it needs to be talked about. You need to talk really openly with your child and say, you know, what is going on for you? Really, what mm. is going on for you? And then listen. Losby, just some, I mean, this is this is it. It's had a massive effect on our kids. Them being told that outside there's a germ yeah. that can kill you or your family has huge mental issues. And for us as adults, it definitely is a huge problem. And I just, the reason I'm feeling so impassioned about it is because I thought I was expecting this to be one of those stories that you see all the time where the numbers are always, you know, regrettable, but not hugely significant. The fact that it doubled, suicidal youngsters doubled to 30 32 and a half thousand I think it this isn't about this isn't about <laughs> um not locking down and making sure you're all in the playground together and getting into the classroom and yes of course all of those things were the microscopic but, but I don't think it re recognizes or acknowledges as you rightly say the fundamental and I hate to use this word because it sounds wanky existential crisis this presented to all of us but when it's presented to the really developmental moments of a child's brain, heart, mm. so, so socialising, what have you, you know, to expect mm. them to just suddenly be okay is beyond brutal, I think. It's beyond and we'll brutal. And pay, we'll pay for it down the line, whether it's our own children or whether it's our community. And it's just really important to just check in and mm. say, what's it feel like then? I've just got to do this in order to make us feel better. No. Tina will now be throwing up. Otters. say they're too like Ot rats. Okay. And then. Just, <laughs> oh, they are gorgeous. Yeah. I love otters. They're so sweet. But I they can otters. still bite your face off. Yeah. And uh, here's some photos, some astronomical photos, beautiful photos taken wow. um, of the sky. And I thought I'd pull these in because they're of the solar system too. Look, they, you know what the solar mm. system is. That's, that's an orgasm there in the sky. Um these are beautiful, aren't they? They're just calming and just remind you that, oh, God, wow. These are long, long, long exposure photographs so that you can see, like, the Milky Way and things like that. that beautiful. Uh, mm. And then that, look at that, mm. solar system over the... And then we have that. Wow. And then uh, Wildlife Photographer of the Year. We have shown this photo before of the polar bear, but it's actually one now. I just think that's a remarkable photograph, isn't it? Oh my God. I sent it to the family WhatsApp group and Mark went, yeah, I saw this two no, months no, ago. No. I don't really know why it's on again. I was like, oh. No, no, I, I didn't mean it like that. such a lovely moment. I, would, no, but I, would, I suppose I was just like, yeah, okay. Go. But you don't really know why they're showing it. It's oh, the I didn't understand why it was in the news. Photo. Look at the photo at the bottom and realise what it is. Oh my God. Birds or flies? They're birds and they've Made the created shape. a silhouette of a bird. They have. Bloody hell! That should have won. Can't help but feel that must be AI generated, but it's not. Do you think? And this is oh, this is jellyfish, and I think this is oh, bacterial jellyfish. Yeah, it's a jellyfish with the Northern Lights. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember when we went to Iceland? They said the Northern Lights are up, and we said, mm. "Oh, we're going to see it tomorrow." Murmuring. We were in our hotel. Yes. Oh, we didn't realise. No. No. We were knackered. We went, no. "Oh, we'll go we out tomorrow night," and we didn't yeah. see yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> now I don't want to enrage everyone, but I just want you all to know that we are sure. sorry that we are wow. not in the hands. Of, of we're not in we're not in safe hands. This is uh, just quickly Israel Hamas war. Um, Hamas are looking at the this brokered potential ceasefire agreement. They're not quite there, but the, the, just to remind ourselves of how reliable our leaders are. This is Biden's take on the whole thing. There is some movement, and I don't want to I don't want to 
I mean, choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition. But um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing oh. negotiation right now. Okay, I feel really, really reassured now. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You have a little search around for your words yeah. while there's people being starved. In that time it took him to say that, we probably lost lives, literally. Of course I mean, it's we just, did. Anyway, so 5.30, join me on Instagram for a live with Dina and um, Rahil, because we will be talking about the cook-along on Saturday. And then join me for a body image live on here at about six o'clock. And we, we half need, past, yeah, six, quarter past six ish. And our movie fans at some point in the next couple of days want to hear what you thought of Priscilla too. So we'll do that on Oh, yes, we'll junkies. do that. All right, guys. So half past five. And please, Mark's going to put the link up now for the cook along. So please, please, please come donate. You don't have to join in if you don't want to, but if you could donate, it'd be amazing. And let's end with May Edmondson's comment. Can we all piss off and move to Mars? I come on, I, May. Let's I, go. You know what, May? I want to go to Mars <laughs> and I want to grow 